0: Hi, this is Mary. And this is Stacy. Come join us on a new show. As we explore the taste of the arts. This show was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Okay, so welcome back. Stacy and I are here with Chef Keith from FM Dons. I uh, wanted to ask you, you had mentioned about tasting and having tastings with your servers at the restaurants. That is so important. I love it when I'm asking a server, what does this taste like? And mm-hmm. they can explain it to me. Yes. So, you know, that that is just an awesome thing to do for your business mm-hmm. and for them as well, because yeah. they're getting paid to provide good service. Absolutely. And I was a server for more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, how important it is to give people what they right. want. Right, right.
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely important for them to be involved in the process and the more they know about the food the wine how it's prepared where it comes from and you can tell if a server knows by experience if they've tasted it or if they're mm-hmm. just you know telling you what you know what you, they think you want to hear i've been out in different restaurants and i asked you know you, you see the grouper on the menu it costs 12 dollars, and i say it's, it's real grouper because it's pretty hard to sell real black grouper out of the Gulf for twelve dollars, and they say, "Oh yeah, it's a real grouper." So you get it, and it's a little tiny, thin fish, and you know it's it's probably grouper, but from halfway around the world, frozen and shipped <laughs> in. So you know it, and I tell them to never BS the guest. The education among guests is getting you know more vast every year, whether it be through travel, reading, dining in big cities, um, you know, going to Europe. So you know if they're just trying to make Things up on the fly they're going to get caught so they need to do their homework you know in the restaurant and out of the restaurant i always encourage uh servers to you know read books about it you know if this is your craft this is what you do this is what you can turn into your own little art or your own little performance mm-hmm. and some of them are wonderful at it um some of them need a little help but at the end of the day you know they're generally compensated based on the job they do. And if they they develop an authentic connection with the patrons based on their knowledge of the food and them being friendly and approachable and make the experience something unique, you know, you have a guest and a, and a friend, hopefully, for a long time to come.
0: That's right. And they want to come back, and they want you.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great that you're
0: encouraging them yes, you know, to, to make it more than a, a job. Yes, you know? yes.
1: Yeah, I, I, I say that. It's funny you mention that because I always say that because there's difference between a job and a career. And if you're going to make this your career – then you should put your heart into it and if you don't have a passion for service being friendly uh for the food for knowing about the wine you know maybe you should do something else. if you just come in to to make quick money then it's it's not for you i mean we look for people who they want to work there because they feel that they can see that our staff whether it be the kitchen or the front of the house really enjoy what they do and have a vested interest in the success of the restaurant, you know, based on making the customers happy. So, you know, that's what we look for in servers and kitchen staff as well.
2: It sounds like you have a really fun team and you enjoy building that camaraderie. Yeah. And I know that part of that comes with the help of a very special someone that works in the front of the restaurant. Once you talk to us about that person?
1: <laughs> that would be my wife, Stacy Deffenball, who's a lot more well-known than I am. She's a anchor at NBC2. And her fun job, even though it's probably not fun all the time, is to help me at the restaurant. She's basically taken over some of the or most of the general manager duties. So it started as her basically just being out there to talk to guests and make sure their experience was was good. And that, but it's evolved since then. Our general manager had has gone back. Nate McKelvey had left to go back to the island, which was his i guess where he wanted to be which is great she stepped into the role and she's embraced pretty much the whole job so she's there four nights a week sometimes five nights a week um, all day sunday with me so we don't get to watch football anymore we just uh, we just make brunch and talk to people while they're watching football but that, that was her idea so she said at least she could do is be there i said are you sure you want to do brunch i said we used to enjoy going out and watching you know having something to eat and watching but she said she wanted to do it. So now we do a brunch, now which is great. Now we know if
2: brunch gets canceled because there's a good game <laughs> on, game on it.
1: <laughs> And it's not just me. She's a big football fan, too. <laughs> but... Um but she's a natural. I mean, she's definitely a people person, and um, she takes as much pride in the execution of the restaurant as well as I do. Um, so she's been a tremendous asset, and um, honestly, since she's gotten involved, the business has really taken off. So it, and, and to work with your spouse, to have a common goal is great. So we're, we're having a good time.
2: Yeah, that's great. Well, we enjoy talking to her and visiting with her every time we come to the restaurant. And yeah. She's a, a fun and welcoming person. And yeah. And you're
1: you're very lucky man. I am a lucky man. (laughs) And
0: she's obviously you know just a natural at greeting people. But Mm -hmm. boy, taking on the GM position, that's that's it's a
1: little different for sure. (laughs) I mean, and it's funny because we'll go home after you know a long night, and you know her shift at her real job is three thirty to one o'clock. So she's she leaves the house. Well, she leaves at three thirty, so I guess it's four, and then she comes home for a couple hours, and then comes into the restaurant about three thirty, and then. In the afternoon, and then's there till eight or nine, so it's a it's a long day. So there's <laughs> there's no doubt about it that it could be it can be trying. But she balances it, and well, thank God she doesn't need as much sleep as I do.
2: <laughs> have you ever made something for her that she didn't like?
1: Um, I if I did. She didn't tell me, <laughs> so she's good like that. <laughs> but I probably have cooked something too rare. Because when I met her, she was sort of a medium, medium well type girl. And then I've kind of slowly cooked it a little bit less and a little bit less. So, but I have definitely ordered something out when I, I, when we were sharing a steak or something. And I said, you know, medium rare or rare. But she eats well, escargot is a big one on our menu. It's a, big, is a popular seller of French. We do a little different preparation than the classic French way. But she loves that and she's a big fan of the octopus. So she's definitely come along branching out yes yes
2: (laughs) i love the escargot
1: the escargot is very popular it's it's probably and it's just by chance that when i started at the other restaurant i just don't know why i did it to start i just wanted to do it i figured i was going to test the waters and see you know. What people would accept in the town, because you know there's all kinds of people. Some people would never touch a snail, and some people love them. And it immediately became our best seller. So it varied the preparation a little here and there, but it's, now it's pretty much standardized as far as it's our best selling appetizer.
2: Yeah, and your um, your pate is is wonderful. And I'm kind of a snob about pate. <laughs> uh, we have a secret family recipe in our in our family, and. We're quite partial to it, but your pate is definitely excellent and we love eating it. Thank you, thank, it you when thank you. I, when I don't have time to make it at home. Oh, that, I'm
1: impressed you even make your own pate.
2: Whoa, yeah, that yes. is impressive. Maybe we'll have to have you on the air <laughs> now. <Okay. laughs> well, I was just going to share with you, I don't know if you know this or not, but I, I know you haven't had the Calypso soup for that long. But my family has a tradition, we typically do somewhat similar to the Italian pre-Christmas and the Eve night Mm -hmm. doing the seven fishes. Seven fishes, right. Yes, and so we don't do all seven, and we're not Italian. Right. But we do seafood typically on Christmas Eve, and we have incorporated the calypso soup. Uh, into our meal. In fact, we came and got some last year and it was the first time that we had a Christmas dinner in our new house and my kids actually will eat it, <laughs> which is always an important factor yeah. with any food decisions in my house. And, uh, and so we look forward to again having it on Christmas Eve.
1: That actually was, believe it or not, that was one of the few things we kept from the old menu. So mm-hmm. we tweaked it a bit, but it's, uh, it was such a fan favorite of Jack's before, before we took over that we couldn't take it away. So we modified the recipe a little bit, but it's a very rich, and it's a flavorful dish, and it's, one, it's definitely a popular seller. So
2: Yeah, I'll be back. Come see <laughs> <receive. laughs>
0: What traditional did your family eat um, when you get together? You mentioned that you, you wished you had been from a big family, right, and, right. you know, and the, the comfort and all right. that. What do you like to eat when you get together with your family?
1: Well, we typically now when we get together, we go out, oddly enough, just because my mother doesn't want to cook anymore. so Well, um, that I, happens
0: with moms. Yes. My mom was a yeah. fabulous cook, but she I'm, got tired of it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I... I had made, the first couple years that I was down here in southwest Florida, I did Thanksgiving. So I did the meal for Thanksgiving. So I think I fried a turkey instead of the traditional way. And I would always incorporate local products. So, you know, part of our deal was we'd go out fishing and we'd have fish on Thanksgiving, which was a little bit different. But my brothers actually, oddly enough, have taken over the home cooking. Both of my brothers enjoy smoking different things. They'll smoke turkey, smoke ribs, do beer can chicken. So believe it or not, when I go home to visit the family, they do the cooking. That's great. Then <laughs> yeah.
0: you get a chance to yeah. sit on the other side of the Absolutely. table and, yeah. and enjoy like so many of us do. Yep. Yep.
1: It's definitely a pleasure. <laughs> I've made myself get away, but I have had for the last four or five years, people say, you know, I want to cook for you to have you over. So just recently on a Monday night on my off day, Stacy and I went to a couple of our, the local's house who cooked for us, and Brian Little was one of them. He cooked a fabulous dinner the other night. So, And then a couple of weeks ago, Pat Cataldo, another local guy, he cooked for us. So now we're... I think are, I
2: would be intimidated to cook yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They both I'm, I'm really enjoy it. I'm thinking about Stacy making her yeah. pate and having <laughs> you
2: over. <laughs> no, she says no. Yeah,
1: no if you're
0: lucky, I'll give you a jar for
2: Christmas. <laughs>
1: I'll try it, I'll try it. No, they did a fabulous job. I, t- I tell them just to, you know... People put too much stress on themselves when they're yeah. cooking, especially if they're cooking for a chef. I say, just have fun. Make it, you know.
0: It's an experiment. I've always thought of it as an experiment. That's why I like to cook. I'm not very – I don't enjoy baking so much because it's right. too exact. Yes. Um, but, you know, as if my friend Martha says, well, throw a boatload of this in and a handful of right. that. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and taste it and then change See, it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Baking is something that I can do, but it is very – exact it's a science which cooking can be too but you have a little more leeway Um, so we very rarely i have guidelines of recipes for the cooks in the kitchen but i feel like if they can know the ingredients and i teach them the right technique that it will not only kind of embolden them to be better cooked, care more about what they're making, whereas if they're just trying to get to the end of a recipe and become robotic, it lo- it may lose its soul. You know, So I try to tell them that I don't want to be McDonald's and to be five billion served and have everything be exactly the same. Now, I want Thank everything, goodness. I want to be consistently good, but if it's a little bit different than the time before, as long as it's good, it's okay. And, and I think people understand that so the measuring part of things is not always there when we make a soup we always start it the same way but one person maybe have put a little more of this and a little that and i don't mind that i think it's good i think it i think it helps the people who are making the food empower them to be proud of what they made instead of saying they, they followed the recipe that i gave them i okay. gave them the technique
2: it's also proof that you're making it and it's not something that you've yes, got out we of that and reheated and served yes it. And then charge somebody 20 bucks for it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You
2: are making the food. Yes. And I think that that happens in real life. I mean, I I have a soup that I make all the time. Mm -hmm. It's a family staple. And every time it tastes just a little little bit bit different. different, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. one of our favorite things is to sit down and say, this time was better than the last time. Right. Or what did you change? Right. Or what would you do differently? Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gosh, I'm sorry. I was in a hurry tonight and it didn't come out right. Right, (laughs)
1: right. Yeah. I agree. I I think that that... Is the best part of it because not that i tell people not that i'm saying be creative to them but you know it it shows that their growth and you know and that's the difference between a job and a career i try to tell people that i want somebody in that kitchen to eventually take my job i want to hand over the reins sometime when i'm you know can come in and take a little bit more of a leisurely approach to the business i mean somebody's going to have to take my position so i want them to be able to make decisions on their own and and but it's all based on the technique. If you start things the right way and you start with good ingredients, 99 times out of 100, it'll be good.
0: Well, I wanted to ask this. I'm curious about growing vegetables. Mm-hmm. I love to grow vegetables. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things. Right. Down here in Florida, not so much. It's a little
1: challenging. <laughs> <Yeah>, it's <can laughs> very
0: much of a challenge. I grew up in, the, in Illinois and Ohio as well. So the soil, you know, I do things in pots. Anyway, right. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, Do you grow any of your own herbs, vegetables, anything like that, and or where do you go shopping for them? Because I need to do that, too.
1: Yeah, um, (laughs) I grow some herbs at home. Luckily, Stacy and I lived in a condo when we were in Estero, so we did have a little 12 by 12 garden, so we grew herbs there that I would bring to the restaurant, and now we bought a house up here in Punta Gorda which we have a nice little yard in as well. So we haven't got to plant just yet because we were so busy opening the restaurant, but it's part of our sure. part of our plan. As far as shopping for vegetables, I do go to the farmers market on on Saturdays. I have gone to a few other of the farms. It's it's a, it's kind of challenging because the demand for what we do can sometimes What we need is over what they produce or what they're willing to allocate to our Mm -hmm. restaurants. We get some herbs from a local farm. A lot of our produce comes from a Naples farm. So I try to buy as much as we can local. Unfortunately, the growing season was flip-flopped and some things... (laughs) you know, corn grows well in Florida. So we, you know, some, some months it's better than others, but you can get it either in Northern Florida or Southern Georgia. Um, tomatoes are tough. Tomatoes, the little grape tomatoes are pretty decent, but regular tomatoes, just not not that same tomato that I bit into in Indiana
0: not that Uh, same tomato at all so
1: it's it's a challenge it it can be a challenging good thing is that a lot of people are used to the standard vegetables which don't grow here so you know some of the vegetables that will grow here are a little bit out of the ordinary on restaurant type menus but we do specials with them and you know try to buy you know locally when I can it's just it, it can be a challenge though
2: you can probably find uh, seafood locally uh, yeah. much easier than the ag vegetables.
1: Yes. You know, with the uh, the recent troubles we've had with the water, a lot of people were skittish about eating Florida seafood, but it comes from so far out that it's it wasn't affected by, you know, any of the algae bloom or tide. And the, the shrimp that we get are Key West, pinks uh, which are phenomenal mm-hmm. the florida shrimp if you get the right you know those in the and the brown shrimp are so much more t- they have flavor you know if you're going to get a piece of grouper or cobia or snapper locally you can tell whether it's local on some of those fish because they don't let you keep the fish if they're little so they all have to be okay. a certain size so right. if it's a whole filet of grouper that fits on your sandwich odds are it didn't come from from our local waters because they just it has to be 20 something inches for them to even keep it so that's one way to tell you know grouper is is it's is expensive but it's it's doable you know kobe a triple tail are all always are great fish that are usually pretty abundant we always get florida shrimp um that's all i'll, I'll buy is florida shrimp but we do swordfish What swordfish comes in the gulf way out in the gulf and it's in the atlantic and then if we do it like a salmon or something, we always do Faroe Island, which is a very natural setting in, in natural, cold, clean water. You know, we have the Three Sons Ranch here. Right. We get bison from them and we'll get the wild hogs from them from time to time and do a ragu with that. So it's, you know, there, there's, yeah. it's for a small town. There's some a good amount of agriculture and stuff available. Well, what so you was it going, yeah. I
0: was going to say, and yeah. you were doing it very well. Yeah. So,
1: and that's yeah. the only way I would sell something like that is, you know, who produced it. The conversation with the lady is they, they say we harvest here. They, I mean, I get it the same day. Yeah. So it's harvested. I wouldn't I go through, you know, stretches where I do stuff like that. And you know, it's the, the beauty of it is you can talk to the person there and it's not a factory. And they say, well, this is when we harvest. And I say, well, when you harvest the next grass fed cattle, they come in fresh and yeah. not worry about contamination.
0: And once again, you're fostering that community you know, feel, yeah, you absolutely, know, and bringing yeah. it all back around, absolutely. it comes
1: full circle. Yeah, People are becoming more and more connected to their food, and that's a good thing. I think we have a, a bigger responsibility to become closer to our food.
2: Well, and I think when your palate expands and you start trying uh, things, then you're forced to know where it came from right. because when it's not coming out of a box, yeah, you do get closer to that chain of events that yes. brings it to you. So
1: absolutely, and this is the way most of the world has done it. We could go over history lessons, but you know the, you know, you know what, and this well, is the see, way art, science, <laughs> history. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> what, you know the the. The, the industrial revolution and everything when food became easy to move is when people started getting food from far away from where they live.
2: Well, and I think that for me, I like a blending of the two because if you can if you can mimic the flavors or influences of other places onto your food right. with locally sourced ingredients, yes. Yes. then that's the best of both worlds. Yes, if you can
1: use, yeah, and, and that I agree 100%. If you're in Tuscany and you order a, a pasta dish, a, a pork ragu, they will use wild boar. And it's not a tomatoey sauce. It's a porky style ragu where the shoulder is roasted or stewed. And, you know, the onions, the garlic, the aromatics, the carrots, the fresh herbs, the way I try to do it at the restaurant. We get the local hog, and we try to mimic this dish because it's a dish that was originated in Tuscany. So we're trying to do it like they do it in Tuscany, the same process, except we're using ingredients that come from right down the road. That's awesome. Well,
2: I think that most of our listeners would thoroughly enjoy a stop at FM Don's in Punagorda, and I'm sure if you stay for a nice long meal, you'll get a visit. From Chef Keith as he emerges from his kitchen. (laughs) If not, (laughs) just
1: ask for me if you... And
2: his white coat (laughs) that he wears just like a superhero's cape.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of which, we need to share your your website, your contact information with our listeners so that they can learn more um, by the web.
1: FMDons.com is the website, which uh, my wife has just redone. So it's got some fabulous, uh, another thing she does, some, to some pictures. And, There's and great pictures. It, almost, I think almost all of our uh, dinner dishes are on there. We are open every day, lunch and dinner. We do a brunch on Sunday from 10.30 to 3. We have happy hour Daily Mondays we do muscles, five dollar muscles and five dollar martini. It's very <laughs> popular. We encourage you make a reservation so we can be properly staffed. I've been buying pounds, hundred fifty pounds of muscles, and we still wow. run out sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it's a very popular night, and we'll I'm sure we'll do that at least through the end of the year. And we do a two for thirty five on Tuesday which is also quite popular, which it happens to be Tuesday today, so I have to go back to the kitchen here shortly. But just to give you an idea, our steaks are quite popular on that day because that's our more expensive item. so the deal is better. every dish is 1750. our normal price for a steak would be $29. Um, we use very nice beef. I use uh, prime uh, United States Department of Agriculture rates the beef prime, not a some people say prime rib and that's just a saying, but the term prime really refers to if the, the cut of beef and how it's rated by the agriculture department. So prime is the highest choices right? We use a steakhouse uh, style cut of prime and you can, you can get that for 1750 on uh, Tuesdays and it's quite a deal.
2: Yeah, that's a great deal. Yeah
1: We have music on Wednesday, music on Thursday, music on Friday, and we also have a little jazz music on Sunday brunch. And we may expand that going into season. And there's um, a
2: great Bloody Mary bar yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, Bloody Mary bar on Sunday. <laughs> the,
1: the, the brunch on Sunday is, uh, it's not a buffet. It's, it's uh, a la carte, and it's a little more European style. We do frittatas and quiche. Uh, we do a couple of French-style dishes, a bouillabaisse, which is a seafood stew. And we make some French toast, waffles.
2: I saw that the egg toast was gone.
1: Egg toast, yeah. I, I, I'll probably put it back on. You, you can ask for it. It's just a, <laughs> there you go. You can ask for oh, it. Oh, yeah.
2: good, because that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, truffled egg toast is yes, what she's talking about. of course,
1: truffled
0: egg toast. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, we've thoroughly enjoyed talking oh, with you, for Chef Keith. Me, Mary. It's just been awesome, and and I'm sure that our listeners are going to enjoy the show as well. What Is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners that we haven't talked about
1: well i would say that in regards to food if you're cooking for yourself which i encourage even though i want you to eat out as well um that don't stress over little things i have a lot of people that ask for recipes from things that we do and they may not be able to get one ingredient now if it's a tomato soup and you don't have tomatoes then that's a problem but if it's a little ingredient don't don't stress over it you know and the following recipes is just a starting point. Uh, beyond that, if you learn the technique, and it's not a complicated technique, it's just a certain way to do things. When you make a soup, you don't throw everything in the pot at the same time, there's a process. You sweat the onion, sweat the garlic, sweat the aromatics, try to bring it together with a flavorful broth of some sort. But if you learn a little bit about technique versus recipes, eventually all you're gonna need is the ingredients, and then you're gonna know what to do with them. So. I would say that you will gain confidence by just trying it and not worry about details so much and then buy the freshest ingredients um, that you can get and when you think about food don't always think about portion size. Think about the quality and, and enjoy your food in a, in a manner which is civilized and slow and have conversation over the meal then you'll eat a little more sensibly, a little bit slower Enjoy the moment and and not try to wolf your food down and go on to the next task. When you eat, uh, you know, so you can can enjoy the the process of, of the meal and not just get sustenance. right
2: so no stress no fuss
1: no stress no don't stress over food and enjoy make it fun and um
0: enjoy
2: you know i'm gonna have the ultimate no stress i think i know where i'm going for dinner tonight that
0: sounds it will be fm dons (laughs) oh that's sweet
2: (laughs) and we'll see you there okay well thanks for having me ladies i really appreciate it thank you thank you and stacy we'll talk again soon oh i'm sure i already feel my tummy rumbling (laughs) all right well that's it for this episode of taste of the arts
0: Thank you for joining us on The Taste of the Arts. This show was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida.